0: Verses 1 through 7. And we're just going to stay in this part. So just, you know, if you have a little bookmark or the the flap, you know, just keep your your hand there because we're just going to go through these verses today. So these verses talk about the steps that Peter, James, and John went through when they became disciples. Let's read this together. Let's see what it says. Luke 5. Starting at verse 1. I'm reading from the NIV. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. He sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deeper water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. They signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore and left everything and followed him. So the, this has today we're going to learn about five steps that Peter, James, and John went through to becoming disciples. The first one here is hearing God's word. We can see this in, in verses 1 through 3. Peter, Peter was just, you know, minding his own business, going about his business, washing, washing his nets in the waters uh, is the shallow water? It was probably, um, you know, still, st- uh, still water. That's why Jesus could get in the boat and just go out a little bit and then preach to the people. So Peter was there washing his nets. Jesus asked him to use his boat. Yeah, sure. Why not? And then he just uh, set him out, set Jesus out a little bit because people were crowding around him so that he could teach the people. The Bible says that Jesus' message was. Um, about repentance and that the the coming of the kingdom of God, he taught he taught the Jewish people about the true meaning of God's laws, and he spoke with authority. He said, "This is really what 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 the Mosaic Law is is for you. It's not just about the the outward things, the, all these rules and regulations, but it's about the inward obedience to God." So Peter was was listening to this, and. Um, he was impressed. That's why later on he said, Master. He he was impressed by the authority of Jesus' teachings. And I just want to give a very short biography of Peter that he was a very normal guy. The Bible says in the book of Acts that he was unschooled. So he he didn't receive any education. He was just a, a normal fisherman. We also know that Peter sometimes he spoke presumptuously. He told Jesus, hey, let's just camp out here you know, with Moses and Elijah. He, he, he said some, sometimes said things that you know, he, he shouldn't say. He was also very quick to make promises that he couldn't keep. You know, so this is the, the picture we get of Peter. He was a very regular guy. I, th- I think um, nobody here is, you know, um, Peter wasn't any better than any one of us in the natural sense. He was just a regular guy, okay? The second, second step, so the first step is he heard the word of God, listened to the word of God. The second step is he was challenged by faith. So let's look at verse four, verses 4 and 5. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. So you see Jesus spoke and then Peter was listening and that yeah that's that's nice. You know that sounds good. I can agree with that. You know, I can call this guy master. We may listen to Jesus's teachings in the Bible and we're saying, yeah, that 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 sounds good. But then there comes a point when we're challenged to to take action. We're challenged to do something that's a little bit Unreasonable, seems a little unreasonable, and it's a little bit inconvenient, right? Jesus asked Peter to, to go out there, and that was like, whoa, you know, I was listening, I was agreeing with you up, to, up till now, but this seems a little weird. So Jesus challenged Peter's faith. So the next step to becoming a disciple is that our faith is challenged, Jesus challenges our faith. He asks us to make a make a little bit of, a little step, and I can tell you that this is what it's like when you first become a Christian, and then every day after that, Jesus is always challenging your faith. He's always asking you to take incremental steps to fo- to follow him, do a little bit something that still seems a little unreasonable and still is a little bit inconvenient. Okay and I can I can attest to this this is what this is my experience that God every time I obey God then my relationship grows deeper with him he's always asking me to to do something to do something else being a disciple is not like a like a, you're exactly a disciple at that time being a disciple is following Jesus okay so it's a journey it's not a not a destination So, let me ask you, how how is God challenging your faith today? You know, when you're um, in the presence of God, and then God knows your heart, and then He speaks to you, or maybe you're you're at home and you're going through life, and you've read the Bible, you know what the Bible says. You're like Peter, you've heard the words of God. But now, God challenged you to put... Put his words into action. How is God challenging you today? Maybe you're in a in a job that you have to compromise your principles, or maybe you're in a relationship that you know you shouldn't be in that relationship, or the way that you're acting in that relationship is not right. So you're like, God, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's don't be unreasonable. You know, after all, we're just, uh, I'm young and, you know, it's, n- it's nothing serious or, you know, it's, it would be just too inconvenient. You don't know what you're asking, God. You know, God, he's going to ask us to take that little step of faith first before we can continue being a disciple. The th- third step is recognizing who God is and who we are let's look at verse 6 through 10 when they had done so let down their nets for the catch they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. So when Peter obeyed Jesus, he experienced a miracle. So um, he he experienced God. He realized that Jesus wasn't just a, a good teacher but he was God. You know, we, you know, in order for us to be, a, be become a disciple, we need to come to that point where, you know, we don't just agree with the, the teachings in the Bible that they're good. We agree with God's morals, but we, what well, we acknowledge that Jesus is God and not only that he's God up in heaven, unconcerned and unaware of us, but he's present with us and he's concerned with what we're doing. And so, Peter came to that realization, and so what was his response? Lord, go away from me. I am a sinful man. You know, God became real through Peter's experiences with Him, and it sh- it should be the same with us. You know, we all have have experiences with God that that we that God. Sh- it, He gives to us to show that He is real. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, that's just a coincidence. You know, all those fish, you know, swam into the net and there was like some shark chasing them into the net and then that's how they got into the net. You know, people can always make all kinds of excuses. The Bible says that simply by looking at creation, we can know that there is a God. You know, so it's like if you're walking down the street and you see, wow, there's a Mercedes. What is it? C? Or what's the high class? I don't know. Okay. SLK. Okay. S S class. So there's a Mercedes S class there, and you you don't just say, wow, that Mercedes S class just appeared there. I, I, you know, just you know, all of the circumstances were right that it just it just Popped. Popped there. You know, it didn't come from anywhere. It, just, it was just there. You don't say that. You, simply by looking at that Mercedes, you can see that it's designed and you know that it run, runs well. It's, it does what it's supposed to do. You know that someone made it. It's there for a reason. It didn't come out of, come out of nowhere. So it's the same thing with, with us being here the world that we see around us. And sometimes people say like, oh, well, I know where the Mercedes came from, therefore nobody made it. That doesn't make sense, right? It's, it's not how how you got here. It's that you are here. Somebody made you. You know, somebody... So I think, uh, you know, some people, they they get too smart for themselves. You know, the Bible says clearly that... Simply by looking at creation, we can know that there is a creator. You know, out of this vast universe, we live on this little, little, little tiny bar- marble. You know, it's a little spherical thing, and it's just the right, exactly the right distance from the sun. And you know, we have the 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 laws that God authored. You know, that we're just discovering about. You know, all these. The scientific laws, we discover what, what God has authored. So simply by observing creation, we can know that, that God is real. Moreover, we have the personal experiences that we know God is real. Peter had a personal experience of God's miracle, so he, he knew he was real. So what did this awareness of God do for Peter? It made Peter realized that he was a sinner. You know, maybe he he knew that he was a sinner before, but he didn't know that he was. You know, um, that God was concerned about him. That God was there. He realized that at that point he couldn't be indifferent to God any any longer. He had to, you know, either reject God. Or, or acknowledge Jesus as King, as His Lord and King. And, you know, all of us are, are faced with that that same uh, choice today. You know, we, we need to come to a point if we're going to be a disciple where we acknowledge Him as Lord and King and we say that, yes, I'm a sinner. It means that I've been in rebellion against God's laws. Okay? It means that I acknowledge that God created some moral laws that he commands everyone to obey. And because I don't don't obey those, I am in rebellion against his laws. I may want to, but my nature doesn't allow me to. I cannot meet God's laws. I am a sinner. The Bible says that we were all in rebellion against God's laws. The Bible says we were all enemies of God. But God sent His Son Jesus down to die for us and save us while we were still sinners. So Peter realized that he was in rebellion against God, and he wanted he surrendered himself before his King. He said, "Lord, go away from me. I'm a sinner. You know i don't I don't deserve to stand in your presence. You know if we if we reject God, basically what we're saying is that. You know, God, I'm self-sufficient. I don't need to follow you. I don't need to make you my Lord and King. I don't need to be concerned and try to find out what you want me, how you want me to live. The Bible says that Jesus came to save us. If you've, um, and he says that Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus will return again, and this time to, to judge the earth to judge the world. Up to this point, God is, has been patient with all of us, the, the whole world. And he wants people to be saved. You see, God is, is love, but he's also just. That means that um, when we've done the wrong things, then we need to pay the penalty for that. So th- at that time, you you have, to, you have to think, when Jesus comes back, as judge what will i feel you know if we have some apprehension or some we're uncomfortable about it then that's maybe a, a danger sign right because uh you know you, you then then you're going to be like peter right at that point you're going to be like oh lord i am a sinner right it's better to do it now before before jesus comes back okay that's that's basically what i'm saying to you is either you can be happy when Jesus comes back or you can be really, really, you know, upset with yourself. And and you're going to be, either it's going to be the most terrible thing or it's going to be the most awesome thing. Either you're going to be filled with joy. Yes! You know, I've been living my, my entire life to please you. I've been waiting for you to come back. You know, my hopes are fulfilled. I've put my everything in you. And you're... You, you're filled with joy because he is coming back. Or you're going to be filled with horror because you chose the wrong thing. So it's, it's very sobering. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Amen. So we, we need to um, consider if, if Jesus came back, how do I feel? Am I comfortable with that? Is that okay with me? The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive our sins and purify us from un- all unrighteousness. Thank God. You know, I'm, I'm not here to browbeat you and tell you that you're a sinner. I'm here to say that we are all sinners, and we, God made a way for us to be saved. That's, that's, that's my point here. I don't just want you to go away feeling bad about yourself and just leave it at that. I want you to, be, to know that you can be purified from all unrighteousness. That God, He didn't, he didn't just want to you know, get you into a, um, you know, sometimes you get called into a room, you know, and, and you, know, you know what's coming, right? He didn't just want, want wants to do that to you. He wants to remove your sins from you as far as the east is from the west. The next step to becoming a disciple is receiving a commission from God. So we look at the second part of verse 10. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So Jesus reassured Simon, don't be afraid. And he's saying the same thing to you. You know, once you acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and your need for a Savior, you don't need to be afraid. God loves you. He loves you. He wants you to be with Him. He wants you to be saved. He wants all people to be saved. And the logical follow-on for that is that He wants your neighbor to be saved as well. God wants everybody, all people to be saved. And He has a purpose for you. He didn't just save you and, and say, okay, wait here, I'm coming back. He said, go, make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you, and surely I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. So, Jesus gave his commission to all the disciples. We are all fishers of men. So, what does this commission mean to you? Does it impact the way you live? Does it impact your life goals and plans? You know, can you, can you look at everything you've, you've planned out for your life and that you're doing right now and saying, yeah, I'm supporting, supporting this thing. You know, it's great for you guys to go to university and go to school, but do it for God if you're going to further God's kingdom. And I don't know, you, God can speak to you. You can hear from God yourself to know whether it's the right thing for you to do or not you know um uh no no matter what age we we get saved at, God can still use us He can still has a has a plan for us. I'm really encouraged to know that betty who is is praying more and more, right yeah. Amen <laughs> because you know that's that's definitely God's calling for her, you know God can use use every person you know he, he it's just that we have to look at ourselves, look at, you know, what activities we're doing, what we're doing with our finances, what we're doing with our opportunities, and we want to orient them to fulfill the Great Commission. This is a commandment from Jesus, our Lord and Savior. It's not a not an option. It's not just for, you know, pastors or, or whoever. It's for every every Christian. You know, in our church, we don't believe that you know, the pastors are, are any better than anybody else. We are all the priests, holy priesthood unto God. We are all full-time servants of God. We are all ambassadors of Christ. We have different roles with, within the church. Just like the, the Bible says, not every part is the eye, right? But not every part is the nose. We all have, have, have different roles within the church. But we are all part of the body. So, I, I hope that, you know, when you hear this, you will, you will be convicted and you will think, yeah, I want to orient my life around fulfilling the Great Commission. You know, it's a, it's, it's a great thing, most fulfilling work. You know, you may think that these other things are, um, you know, everything else is, is really what you're, what you're looking for, but I tell you, what you're looking for is God. Okay, and and you you need to get to know him more. You know, God's calling you today to take take that first small step of faith, so that you can see that he's real. Then he'll he'll do something to show you he's real. You're going to have experiences with him to know that he's real, and then after that, then it's it's easy to follow him. Sometimes you know people they. Maybe they get a little afraid. They say like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready to be a Christian because I don't know if I'm ready to be like that. But, you know, God's saying, hey, give me a try. You know, take, take that first small step of faith, but you need to do it. And it's going to be a little bit unreasonable and a little inconvenient. So I hope everybody has this great commission mindset when we launch the North Campus later this year. So some some people in our church they they're going to go out and start a new a new worship center up in the north right around I think around Linwood right Montlake Terrace or Linwood way up north. And so um and so there's going to be fewer people here. So I hope that we don't get like discouraged and say oh there's fewer people at church. That's not true. There's they're, the people are still in God's kingdom, right? They're, we're still fulfilling the Great Commission. In fact, we're in a better position to fulfill the Great Commission. You know, God told us to go out. That's Pastor Caesar's line. <laughs> so, you know, uh, we, if we keep this mindset, we're going we're to be on the same page here in this church. We're going to see that, you know, when Pastor Lau, he, maybe he's not here on Sunday because he's out at a, in another city. That's part of filling the Great Commission. We're a team. Amen? You know, uh, Peter said, Saul, he didn't have enough um, you know, strength to pull up all of the fish, so he called his partners over. We need to work as a team. Amen. So the last, the last step to becoming a disciple is in verse 11, is committing our lives to God. So they pulled their boats up on shore left everything, and followed him. The final step to becoming a disciple is commitment. We need to be willing to put our entire lives in his hands. So it's... it's a, remember again, it's, it's a journey, okay? It's, it's not the destination. We're following a, a, a person. Okay. So, as long as I'm following, I'm a disciple. It doesn't mean I've reached a certain point and then I'm a disciple. We're following and then we're a disciple. Okay? So, it doesn't matter where you are right now. If you turn around and you follow Jesus, you are a disciple of Jesus. Okay? And then we we continue following him. And as we're going to follow him, we need to think about what he went through and where he went, and where he is today. Okay, so we, we can understand, we can expect that we're going to go through difficulties. You know, we're going to go through tr- uh, trouble. You know, some, sometimes the, you know, we, we may want to take shortcuts, but God says, no, the, the right way is to go, you know, the circuitous route, or... Um, we we need to we need to follow god you know i uh, i i i have these uh these uh, letters from ignatius of antioch and so he was a he was a bishop of of antioch in about 100 ad and he was a really old guy people they according to church tradition he was the disciple of john the 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 apostle john and so Eventually he was he was captured and they were taking him to Rome to to be crucified or to no not be crucified to die in the arena. They're gonna set sick some lions on him, and so he was writing in a letter to the, the Romans. He said, "You guys, I know you may be tempted to like try to think of something to you know save me or something, but please don't. I want God's will to be." I, he said, "I consider it the highest privilege to follow in the footsteps of my of my master." he says now i am beginning to be a disciple you know can we have that type of mindset today where that we want to follow in the footsteps of jesus you know the early christians they were faced with the real possibility that they would have to die for their faith that they would have to give up everything for their faith and sometimes i'm worried that you know people don't really aren't confronted with that because Obviously we aren't, we live in here in the United States of America, you know, and we, hopefully, <laughs> we're not going to be threatened, you know, with our lives. But if, if we had to, would be, we we be willing to. You know, there's, a, according to church tradition, Peter was, was in Rome and the Emperor Nero was looking for scapegoats for, for the fire that was, that was set in the city. And he was looking for Peter. The Bible says that the Emperor Nero uh, executed both Peter and Paul at, at that time. He was looking, according to church tradition, he was looking for Peter. And Peter was running out of the city. And then, as he was running out of the city, he saw the vision of Jesus going into the city. And he says, Lord, where are you going? Domine, Covaris is in Latin. I think they have a movie about it, Covaris. He said, Lord, where are you going? And, and Jesus said, I'm going to be crucified. And Peter knew what that meant. He knew that he wasn't supposed to run away from this one. He, he, was, he was supposed to go back. So he, he, he went back to the church, and then he was, he was crucified. You know, that's a, to be a disciple. You know, we, we need to understand where Jesus went. And we may not be there yet but we want to follow in his steps. We want to be followers of Jesus. And this is a very, you know, not a very sexy or appealing thing to tell you here on Sunday morning. But if I didn't, I would not be doing you any favors. Okay? No, we need to think about, you know, what we like to hear and what we need to hear. And if God is real then we are going to be willing to leave everything and follow him. Amen. If we have experienced God, then that's the natural outworking in our life. I hope that everybody in our church, our church will just be filled with hundreds of committed followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus. And that will be so wonderful. I want to end today um, just sing the song, you know, I have decided to follow Jesus. Everybody knows that song. We sing it um, after we baptize people. It's a nice, nice tradition in our church. We don't have to always follow it, but sometimes it's nice to have traditions. Okay. Does everybody know that song? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. Why don't you stand up? Jesus <laughs> there, there are more verses <laughs> but I don't think we know all of them <laughs> Lord Lord we thank you for your word Father God these verses in, in the book of Luke that we can see how the first disciples came to follow you Lord, as we compare ourselves, our own experiences, to what Peter, James, and John experienced, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will, your Holy Spirit will convict us, Father God, of areas that we need to change, Lord. And we know that this conviction, this, this prompting is your grace, Father God. It's not your judgment, Lord. It's your grace to us. Lord, I pray, Father, that you will comfort those who may be uncertain about their relationship with you, about their ability to have a relationship with you, that you will comfort them, Lord, and you will reassure them that you love them, that you want to have a relationship with them. And that no matter where they are, they can turn around and start following you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you called simple people like Peter, James, and John. And that you can call, you you are calling everybody, Father God, here, Lord. Father, I pray that if anyone is here who doesn't have a relationship with you, is not a Christian, that they will know now is the time. Now is the time for them to realize that they are in rebellion against God and that they need to make You their Lord and their Savior. Thank You, Lord. If anybody would like to publicly declare that you want to become a, a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, please please come forward and, and let, let's pray together. The reason we ask you to come forward is because Jesus says, for, and the Bible says that everyone for everyone who believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth, they will be saved. So you need an opportunity to confess with your mouth. If anybody would like, ma- like to make that decision to follow Jesus with their life, please, please come forward to this, this area and, and, and confess with your mouth. You don't need to be ashamed. Because all of us are sinners. And we're all at His feet right now. if anybody would like to become a disciple of Jesus if you want to make Jesus your Lord and follow Him and you haven't already then please please come forward thank you Lord thank you Lord so I will say a prayer and you just Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I want to follow you. Help me to follow you, Lord. Help me to experience that you are real. And build my faith. Strengthen me, Lord. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And now let's, let's all pray. Father, I pray, Lord, that these disciples, Father God, these followers of you, Lord, Father, that you will watch over them, Father God, that they will have the real experience of knowing you, Father, the real, that they will have the relationship with you, Lord. Father God, you will speak to them and reveal yourself to them, Father God. Thank you, Father, for their lives, Father God. Thank you for the grace, your grace today, today, Father God. Thank you for the move of your Holy Spirit, Father God. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in our church, Father God. You are a great and awesome God, Father. You are faithful, Lord. You are loving and good, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.